Hello, welcome to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. In this episode, we have a special guest speaker, Stephen Bell, who is the director of Kingdom Culture School of Ministry and is also the co-pastor of Lifted Church here in town. So we hope you enjoy this message entitled, On the Verge. Yes, so when I was uh, praying for Stephen this morning, we've known him for a while, and he is a wonderful brother in Christ, but the Lord showed me his name means, Stephen means crowned one. And I have gotten to be blessed to see you walk through life. And you know when someone wears a crown, they have to to hold their head high. And when they go through the storm, they have to make sure that crown stays on. And I have to say, Stephen, I've seen you as a man of God. Go through your storms, go through your trials, go through situations. But you've kept your crown of, of royalty, of honor, of dignity upon your life. You've carried that well. And you're a godly example to the body of Christ of what it is to be a man of God. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, he could only, you could only crown people if you are a king. God's given you the authority to carry that crown. And because of that, you can crown other people. So, so that God has taken Stephen to that next level. And as we get ready for Bible school, he even showed me the book, The Supernatural Way of Royalty. Isn't that perfect? That's the book for the class. So if you want some of that, church, if you want supernatural ways of royalty, if you want Stephen to crown you, you know, it's an opportunity to be able to come on Thursday nights, and it's been amazing. It's a great time. So if you want to enjoy that and be part of that, we'd love to have you. But if we could stretch our hands out to Stephen and bless him as he begins to ready to minister. Lord, I thank you for this man of God that has so invested into Richmond, has invested into Gateway, has invested into the kingdom of God. Lord, that he's weathered the storms when situations would have liked to take his crown, his identity as a destiny off, Lord, that he resisted that he continued to be in your word and he standed on what was truth and not what was going on around him, Father God. Lord, I thank you for the voice, the voice of heaven that resonates through him. And Lord, I thank you that it will be louder and clearer, whoa, and stronger than it ever has been, Father God. So I thank you that you are taking him into a new season. Lord, with greater authority, there's going to be an original a regional. I know you've been praying for that, Stephen, but think bigger. When God says region, it's going to be bigger. It's not just, well, you know, I've got Richmond and, and Springfield, maybe Dayton. Whoa, God's saying there's a regional anointing upon you. And I, I, I see it, 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 it's going into regions and shifting regions, spirits and principalities and powers. God says, just like you see the shift, wow. Just as you see this shift that takes place in Richmond, you are going to be able to do that for 10 other cities. That this is the first of the fruits that God is going to use you to shift regions. And this is just, I forget what they call that when it's just the first one, you know, but this is just the first of many, Stephen. This is a protocol, our protege of many more that will come, prototype of many more that's to come. So, Lord, we thank you as a church that we are able to be part of that. And as we bless our brother Stephen, that he would be fully equipped for the ministry and the calling that he has upon his life. Thank you for increase and blessing, and that you would add no trouble to that, that you would bless his home, that you bless his family. Mm. 
Lord, that you would bless his communication even as he reaches out to the nations. And Lord, we just give him, Lord, just a, an openness to, that we would put ourselves in a place to, to receive the word of the Lord that you have on his lips. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wow, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Wow, it's so good to be here. I love this house. You guys are wild, so I feel right at home. <laughs> Pastor Debbie, that was, um, there was some real confirmation um, in your word of things that I was literally just praying about on the drive here. So there was just some, some specifics in there that you didn't know about. And, and one thing that I want to say that you didn't know about is um, for years, probably for about 20 years, I will find dimes in random places. And the Lord has said to me, for 20 years, I've given you 10 cities. So you didn't know that. So. <laughs> and I've always wondered, Lord, what does that even look like? You know, but, you know, when the Lord speaks to you and it's bigger than you, rejoice, you know, because it's, you know, I, I know I can't do that. I can't take 10 cities, but the Lord can open up doors and give influence, and, and you know, it's, it's all about his heart and his purpose, so that's awesome. Wow, so good to be here. Well, I was, during worship, I was asking the Lord, just, Lord, what are you, what are you saying to Gateway Church right now? And it was really simple, but it's, what I heard was really simple but profound and, and in, in, in a sense and just encouraging, but I, I heard the Lord specifically say about this house, I heard him say faithful and steadfast. That, that I, Almost like I sensed the Lord saying, thank you for standing firm in the truth. You know, in, in this time when there's just the swirl, the political swirl and the confusion and, you know, the... the, the the heartbreaking part of it is seeing so many, uh, I don't want to say so many, there, there's, there's quite a bit of believers that are straying from the truth of God's Word right now who are confused and allowing the spirit of this world to redefine what truth is and what reality is and what love is. And, you know, but I just felt that the Lord said over Gateway, you guys have been faithful, you've been steadfast, you've stood firm in the truth, and, and you've stood firm, and, and I heard this, of, of continuing to pursue the Lord, to pursue His presence and not change the subject. It was almost like the Lord was saying, thank you for not changing the subject in the midst of the shaking and the storm. I feel that the Lord is looking for something in the church right now, and that's one of the main things that he's looking for is that, that we, we stand firm in the midst of the shaking. I'm going to talk about that here in, in a bit. But I um, want to just uh, tell you a couple of quick things really before I get into the word. Um, one is Pastor Chris already talked about the school um, the winter trimester coming up here just on Thursday night it's starting it's the topic is identity and living victoriously and I just I want to encourage you like don't let money be the issue okay if 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 you want to do the school but the cost is holding you back listen don't let finances be the issue talk to pastor Chris and pastor Deb talk to Sue 
we will work a payment plan out for you. We'll work something out for you. But there is no better time in your life than right now to be trained and equipped and, be, and, and join the army of the Lord and become dangerous to where you wake up, you wake up, and the devil goes, oh no, they're awake. That, that is the purpose for this school. Is that you wake up and the devil is scared because you just woke up. Amen. And, and we're going to train you to do the things that Jesus did. See, we believe that Jesus is the example for the normal Christian life. And, and that his life is the standard for the Christian life. And that's what we're going to train you and equip you to do in this school. We're going to dive deep into the truth of our identity and what it means to live victoriously in every area of our lives. How many of you know Jesus paid for you to walk in freedom and victory in every area of your life? Amen. That's what we're diving into um, coming into this trimester starting Thursday night. It's not too late. We have applications in the back. Sue, raise your hand back here. We've got applications, questions that you might have. I'm here, Pastor Chris, Pastor Deb, we can answer those questions. So, awesome. And then I've got a few resources. I've got my book, Revolutionized by Grace. It's, it's basically 20 years of my life of coming out of performance Christianity and into sonship <laughs> and learn, receiving the Father's blessing, learning how to be a son, learning how to walk with the Father and and understanding my identity. So that's back there. It's $14. But I, I am so excited about my new workbook that I just officially published at the end of last year. Just received uh, my first two shipments of these just like a week ago. So this literally just came out. It's just now on Amazon. Uh, Making Victorious Disciples. I have a teacher edition and a disciple edition. And, you know, I, I, it was about, gosh, it was probably about a year, year and a half ago or something like that, I was about 75% done with a book that I, my second book that I was writing on the Holy Spirit. I was about 75% done, <clears throat> and I was just blazing through. I was going to get this thing done and publish it, and the Lord spoke to me, interrupted me, how dare him, and said, son, I want you to put the book that you're writing on the shelf. You'll finish that, but I want you to put it on the shelf because I want you to write this discipleship workbook. I want you to put every other writing project on hold. And I knew when he said that, I'm about to I just get choked up because I know the, heart, the Father's heart for discipleship is very real. It's very important. Before Jesus left, one of the last things that he said to his disciples is go and make disciples of all nations. I want to just tell you that the go and make disciples of all nations is still heaven's mission today. It has not changed. And unfortunately, and I, you know, I, I'm not picking on the church. I'm a pastor. Um, you know, but unfortunately, we've put so much time and energy into so many other things in the church, many of them good things, other than discipleship, like we're not making disciples. 
And Jesus said the one thing he said was make disciples of all nations. And, and there's, there's some specific things that Jesus tells us in the Scripture where he defines what a disciple is. So this is not about how we define what a disciple is. It's about how Jesus defines what a disciple is, and, and that is what this is all about. So there's the teacher edition. You need to get that to be able to take somebody through the disciple edition. There's fill-in, keyword fill-ins in the disciple edition, and the teacher edition has that. There's instructions in the beginning to explain to you in the teacher edition how to take somebody through it. So it's very clear. It's very simple on how to take, take somebody through it. But I want to, and you can do this one-on-one. -on -one. You can do it in a group setting. I've taken it on test runs. I've had other people take it on test runs. It works. It's powerful. I took my 15-year-old daughter through this. It was powerful for her as a 15-year-old. Um, it works for teenagers, adults, like I said, group setting, one-on-one. -on -one. And, and, and what we want to do is we want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Amen? Because I'm not making a disciple of Stephen, I'm making a disciple of Jesus. And so disciples who make disciples. Now let me just tell you a couple of topics that you're going to be hitting on in here just so you know um, what, what you're going to be diving into. So there's, there's 12 sections. Um, you'll hit on topics like the good news of Jesus just simply explaining the gospel. How many of you know we need that right now? Becoming a victorious disciple is, is where it's just basically I break down how Jesus defines a disciple. Um, understanding what Christ accomplished, the victory that we have in Him. Growing in the knowledge of God, developing relationship with God, getting to know the Holy Spirit, discovering your true identity, living by the Spirit, listening to the voice of God. Now here's a powerful one, breaking free from strongholds. How many of you know that is a part of the discipleship process is getting set free from strongholds that hold us back? And then thriving in community and living with power and purpose. So I want to just encourage you, if you want a tool, a resource to help you um, to grow as a disciple, but also to equip you to disciple somebody else or to disciple others, I'm telling you, this is a great resource. The teacher edition is $25. The disciple edition is $20. Um, they'll be in the back. I've got a bunch of copies, so if you're interested in that. Cool? Awesome. Oh, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Okay. How many of y'all ready? I titled this, On the Verge. <laughs> On the Verge. Can I tell you a cool, a co oh, thanks, man. Great is your reward, my brother. No, just <laughs> he, he's like, you're not supposed to make that public. No, That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I just took a treasure away. Um, a uh, cool testimony. I was preaching at a church at Lifted Church here in Gateway about, or here in, Gateway, here in Richmond. 
I, I come here so much that I just gateway, Richmond, Richmond, gateway. Here in Richmond, I was preaching there about a month ago, and um, I always look for the, the signs of the Spirit moving where nobody prayed, <clears throat> nobody laid hands on anybody, but the Lord just begins to move on a person's heart or, or He heals them or whatever, just, just the Lord touching them and there's no question of who gets the glory. I, I love those moments. And uh, so I was preaching, and, and I was preaching a message on, you know, the part, I, it, it's in the Sermon, of the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, if you come to the altar and you know that your brother is offended with you or, or sister or there's some sort of an issue with a brother or sister in the body of Christ, Jesus says, before you offer your gift at the altar to the Lord, set your gift down, and, and he says, immediately get up and go and humble yourself and make things right with that brother and sister, and then come back and offer your gift to the Lord. In other words, God is saying, I, 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 I know this sounds harsh, but God is saying, I don't want your worship if you're not right with your brother and sister. And, and this, this shows us, this gives us a plumb line of the value system of heaven. That God says, I love your worship, but I want you to make things right with your brother and sister first. That's, that is so important to the Father because he's a family man. Right? Amen. And so, <clears throat> so I'm sharing this, and this guy who used to live in, this man who used to live in Richmond and he was visiting that weekend. He decided to come to Lifted Church. And, he, and the Spirit of God so convicted him that he messaged me afterwards and told me the whole thing. He said, before you even finished your message, I obeyed Jesus and immediately got up and left the church to go make things right. So apparently, there was a church, uh, some leaders at a church that he had kind of messed some things up with them and he had never made it right. He had never humbled himself and went and reconciled and he was so convicted by the word of God. So he's leaving, he gets in his car and he, and he sees his bag of drugs in his vehicle and he, and he looks at it and he goes, gosh, if I'm going to get right with the Lord, if I'm going to do this right, I need to go back and leave my drugs at the altar in the church. So he grabs his drugs. He comes back into the church. He leaves his drugs on the altar, and then he goes, and he humbles himself and asks for forgiveness to these leaders at some church in town. They weep together. They pray over him. They forgive him, and he gets his life right with God. Isn't that powerful? Come on. Nobody told him to do that except the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. I love that. I just, and I wanted to just encourage you, that happened right here in Richmond. You know, and, and we've got to look for those signs of God moving to, to recognize that, that we are in the beginning stages of a move of God. And uh, in fact, the other thing that the Lord, the Lord just reminded me of this, not only did the Lord uh, speak to me for, for you guys to just encourage you that, you know, that, that you've been standing firm in the truth and to continue, he's going to continue to give you grace to stand firm and to continue to pursue his presence, his voice. 
Um, but I heard the Lord say refreshing is, is here. Refresh, a time of refreshing, a time of renewal. It was really in line with Sue's word about just the weighty presence of the Lord, a spirit of heaviness being lifted off. And, and I just hear the Lord saying, you, you are in, not coming, you are in a time of renewal and refreshing that will come with great joy, I hear the Lord saying. So I just, and, and when, when, I, when I hear him say you are in that, it's now, now the Lord is looking for a response in that to say, okay, Lord, we, we not only receive that, but we position ourselves to allow you to renew and refresh us. We position ourselves in that. Amen. So, okay. So you guys, listen. This, I, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm not going to so much teach. I just want to share some things that are on my heart that, uh, that, that I believe the Lord is speaking and, and even some things prophetically. But, you know, it doesn't take a prophet <laughs> these days to know that we're being shaken, right? Like you, you don't need to be a prophet right now. Thank the Lord for the prophets. But you don't need to be prophetic to recognize, to just step back and go, wow, we are being shaken. Our world is being shaken. Our nation is being shaken. And the church is being shaken. Right now, as we speak, the church is being shaken. And I want to just tell you that, yes, the enemy is doing his thing. He's, he's trying to cause a swirl. He's trying to cause a reaction in the flesh. He's trying to distract. He's trying to cause offense and anger and primarily confusion, which, which is the fruit of witchcraft. It's, it's confusion. But So we know the enemy's working, but I want to tell you, too, that God is shaking. God is shaking. There is a purpose for shaking. And I want to encourage you, don't get sidetracked. Now, Paul says, be aware of the enemy's schemes. But he doesn't say, fix yourself upon the enemy's schemes. Okay, we need, we've, we've got to understand in this season why God is shaking us, why He is allowing our world and our nation, and especially He's allowing the church to be shaken right now, okay? Because God is preparing us for some things that He's bringing us into. We wouldn't be prepared if we did not go through the shaking, okay? Now, what is the purpose for shaking? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's get in the Bible, okay? Let's, let's see what the Bible says about the purpose of shaking. Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 22 through 29. I'm reading from the New King James Version, in case you're wondering. Hebrews 12, 22 through 29. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Everybody say, I'm registered in heaven. To God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Come on. 
See that you do not refuse him who speaks. I want you to pay attention to that. Because let's, let's see as we continue on in this portion of Scripture, how is God speaking? See, we've got to understand this because there is a lot of confusion right now uh, circling around prophets, you know, supposedly getting words wrong and humbling themselves and apologizing and People are outraged, you guys. Christians are outraged by this whole thing. We have prophets getting death threats. Their families getting death threats because they got a word wrong or they're saying they got a word wrong. Okay, there's a... Houston, we have a problem by the way Christians are reacting to these things. This, this is a discipleship issue. Okay, we're, not, we're not being rooted in the Word here. So, so God says, see that you do not... Okay, it says here, see that you do not refuse Him who speaks. So let's keep going and see how God is speaking here. For if they did not escape who refused Him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from Him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now He has promised, saying... Yet once more, I, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. That means principalities and powers are being shaken. That's happening right now. That's why there's such a stirring. is because age-old principalities are not able to just hide in the darkness anymore and just be there. They're actually being challenged now, and they're being shaken that's why there's such a stirring. Yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, say I've received a kingdom, which cannot be shaken... As of things, okay, uh, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Okay, now it doesn't say anything there of what God is speaking with his voice. Did you hear what it said? Don't, don't, it, it said back there, don't turn away from him who speaks from heaven, and then it describes how he is speaking. Okay, he's speaking through the shaking. He's speaking through the removing of those things that are being shaken, and he's speaking through the, the remaining and the strengthening of those things that remain and become stronger and settled in the shaking and, and the reality is, is that there's a lot of confusion about the voice of God, and I'm telling you that God is speaking in ways right now that we're not accustomed to. We're not accustomed to the way God is speaking right now, but it says right there, it says, do not turn away from Him. In other words, stand firm. Stay put. Do not move. Do not retreat. Stand firm on what you know is true. So I was on my way here 
driving and I said, Lord, what are you speaking to me right now personally in this season? And that's exactly what he said to me. He, he said, son, stand firm on what you know to be truth. Stand firm on my truth. And this is what else he said. He said, remain, abide as you are seated in heavenly places with my son. Stay there. Live from there. This was crazy. He's, I, I felt like the Lord said, don't just pray from there. Live from there. Because <laughs> that's where we're seated. And he said, remain settled, steadfast. Do not retreat. Hold the line. Stand firm in the truth. See, you want, I'm, I'm telling you, where God is speaking right now, where I'm, do you want to know where I'm getting the most revelation from God right now is in the Word of God. I'm telling you, there, I, there's a hunger in me for the Word coming into this year that I haven't had. You know, there, there are seasons when you don't feel hungry for the Word. Let's be honest. There are seasons where it's just like, got to read the Word. It's good. I know it. You know what? It's, it's, like, it's like taking medicine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're sick. You know you need to take medicine. You don't want to, but you know you need to. There are seasons like that where you need to take the word like medicine. You just stay in it no matter what. But then there are seasons when the hunger is there and there's an appetite. And I'm telling you, I'm just getting in the word. I'm reading Proverbs and I'm reading Matthew right now. And I'm just getting downloads of revelation. God is speaking to me almost too much, like I'm, I'm writing so much in my journal, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting amazing things, and I'm telling you, where God is speaking right now is in His Word and remaining steadfast in the truth, and He's also speaking in the shaking. So what is the purpose of shaking? Why is God shaking? Because He's removing some things. But He's also... He's removing some things, but he's also settling and strengthening those things that need to remain, that are found in Christ. Because I'm telling you, there, there is, for what God is leading us into as a church, it's going to be great glory and it's going to be great there are going to be some battles and some challenges that we are going to face as a church as well as great harvest glory and outpouring. It is going to be glory and trial. It is going to be glory and hardship. And I'm sorry if you don't like hearing that, but you need to hear that. Okay. And here's the reality is, is that we need to, to have a resolve in our spirit that says, hold the line. I'm not moving. I'm not moving from my place in Christ. I refuse to turn away from Him who is speaking from heaven. My, I'm all ears. And, and there's, a, there's a response that the Lord is looking for in the church. Do you understand that the tide turning in our nation is is in it's it's the church's response to the shaking that will turn the tide of our nation. 
And I'm going to share a few things that I believe God, there's a response that God is looking for. But so our response in the shaking, number one, so the Lord, there, there are things in the church that aren't centered in Christ that are being shaken and removed because we must be surrendered to the headship of Jesus. Jesus is the head of his church. He is the head, and, he, and in fact, the Bible says it's our job to advance his kingdom. It's his job to build his church. Right? That's what Jesus says. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Why? Because he's the builder. He's the builder. Now, it's our, so he builds his church we advance his kingdom because he has given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven so that we can unlock the reality of heaven on earth for the world around us. Amen. So the things that we've put our trust in, the things that we've built the church upon that aren't founded upon Christ and his word are being shaken and removed. God is settling us in his son to live in Him, to make His presence our home. He's settling us in, in us our identity in Him and understanding that we are seated with Him in heavenly places. Listen, He's settling us to continue to stand firm in the truth of His Word. I've been talking about that. But there is, there is a settling right now where God is saying, I've got to settle my bride, my church, my people into the Word, where it's not like literally the Word is getting into our spirit and shaping our mindset and shaping the very core of our being. Amen. Like, we need the Word like that right now. And He's settling in us who we are in Christ, our identity as the ecclesia. See, the ecclesia, this, this is the Greek word for the church. I'm sure you guys know. Pastor Chris has probably talked about this many times. But we are the ecclesia. This is a, a word that Jesus got from uh, the governing authorities of um, Athens. And the, and, and the ecclesia of Athens, the governing authorities, would sit at the gates of their city and they would govern and, and they would decide what would come in and what would go out of their city. They would actually set up and govern over the gates of their city. Okay, and, and there's another term for, there's another way to describe ecclesia is the legislative assembly. <laughs> we are the legislative assembly of God's, we are God's people, the legislative assembly, and the governing ones. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a governing one. What does that mean? It is our responsibility to govern at the gates of our cities, our neighborhoods, our cities, and say, the Lord has actually given us now, th this is where we have to understand that it is an us. It is a we, the assembly. This is not a Stephen thing. This is not a, hey, I am the ecclesia. No, we 
we are the church, the governing assembly. Okay, that, that's why the, the we is so important. You've got to get rid of this independent spirit in this whole understanding of ecclesia is that we govern together. There's power in agreement. There's power in coming into agreement with heaven and agreeing together with what heaven is saying and doing. There's power. There is more power in the praying church than we understand. And the Lord is saying, in, listen, I'm telling you, it's in this shaking that God is going to begin to give us understanding that, of who we are as His legislative assembly. Okay, what, 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 what is the legislative? Well, you know, they, when, when you legislate something, you, you make laws. You pass laws. You, there, there's a lot, lot more to it, but it's primarily creating and passing laws that, that affect all of society. But see, what, what do we legislate? Because the kingdom of heaven does, does not run based on laws, rules, and regulations, right? So how do we legislate? Well, we legislate by partnering with King Jesus and listening to what He's saying and doing and coming into agreement with Him. And what are we doing? We are legislating. We are releasing the kingdom of heaven. See, that's, that's what we legislate is not laws, but a kingdom to become real, as real on earth as it is in heaven. And we have the authority to do that but it is in partnership with the head. It is not independent of the head. Amen? There's some things shifting. Listen, let, let's just get it down into layman's terms. Jesus is saying, you going to do it my way or your way? This is where the church is at, you guys. God is literally saying, are you going to do it my way or your way? Because I have a way that I am doing things right now. And listen, the Lord is sovereignly moving and He's not asking us for permission. And we're either going to be listening and getting on board or we're going to continue to walk in self-reliance and do it our way. And the Lord's just literally going to be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not blessing that. This is what I'm doing. Get on board. God is sovereignly moving right now. This is, listen, do you understand that, like, it's, it's this mystery of the, that God has chosen to work through His church as weak and frail as we may be at times. He works through His beautiful church, His beautiful bride. He loves us. But then there are moments in history where God says, I got this. Because y'all are jacking it up right now. <laughs> and it's a course change. It's a, is that the right way? Uh, you know, it's like God is saying, we were going that way, and now I'm going this way. And you need to jump on board. Because the wave isn't going in that direction anymore. It's going in this direction and I'm sovereignly moving, and I'm not asking for your permission. It's a course correction. That's what I was looking for. 
we're in a course correction. Now, we got to understand God's not angry. It's not like He's like, He's angry at us. But, but there are some things that the Lord is saying. There's some things that need to be removed in the shaking. Now, I want to encourage us with this. One of the most subtle enemies that can sneak up on us like a snake in the grass that you don't even notice that it's there in a time of shaking and in a time when things are happening in ways that we did not expect or maybe even we didn't want it to happen uh, in, in, in certain ways. How many of you are experiencing life right now where you're going, didn't expect that, and kind of didn't want that. Raise your hand. Like, let's be honest. Like, I, I think so many people are dealing with unexpected things in life right now. And one of the biggest enemies in a time of shaking and in a time of where things are happening that we didn't expect is disappointment settling into our spirit. It, get, it gets in there. And I want to... I want, we need to navigate, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, I really believe, Bill Johnson says this, and I agree with him, that one of the most important things that we can do as a believer is navigate disappointment properly, to navigate through it, because we're all going to face it. Let's read this, Matthew 11, 2 through 6, this is amazing. Now when John heard, this is John the Baptist, he's in prison, now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. This is key right now. Blessed is he who is not offended by me. So what do, what do we have going on here? We have something going on with John the Baptist that we can all relate to. He's in prison. Probably didn't expect to be there. He was coming into the year 2020. He's declaring in 2020, man, this is going to be the most amazing year. This is going to be harvest. This is going to be the most breakthrough I've ever seen. Signs and wonders. I'm going to see more people baptized in the Jordan this year than I did last year. <laughs> Boom, he's in prison. Not what he was expecting. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So he's in prison. You, you got to know that, that some things are, he has lots of time to think <laughs> while he's in prison. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> something happens where the same man who says to his disciples, Behold, the Lamb who has come to take away the sins of the world is now doubting and questioning the very thing that he knew to be true just a few years before. He declared with confidence, This is the man who has come to take away the sins of the world. Now he's saying, Is he really? Is he really? Is this the one that we're looking for? Because, see, what I think is happening is John, just like the, the disciples and just like many Jews in that day, they're saying, well, Jesus doesn't look like the Messiah that we've been told is coming. 
We thought he was going to come and overthrow Rome. We thought he was going to come and set up his seat politically and actually overthrow Rome and make Jerusalem and make Israel the greatest nation on the planet. This is what we thought, but no, Jesus is not talking about that. He's not talking about overthrowing Rome. Why not? He's, he's, instead, he's healing a, a, a Roman centurion's son. What? And he's talking about some invisible kingdom being established in the earth that has nothing to do with overthrowing things politically. Are you guys hearing me? So John goes, is he the one that will take away the sins of the world? Is he the one that we've been waiting for? So he sends somebody, go ask. Should we be looking for someone else? And I love how Jesus doesn't defend himself or who he is. He just says, go tell John all the fruit that's happening in my ministry. In other words, what is Jesus saying? The kingdom of God has invaded this earth. And blessed is the man who does not get offended by me. Why? Because it looks different than what John expected. It looks different than what the disciples expected. You guys, last year and even this year, it looks different than what we expected. Coming into 2020, the prophets were saying, harvest, harvest, harvest. Now, I'm not saying they got it wrong because I still believe that we are in a time of harvest, but it looks different than what we were expecting. You know why? Because Jesus is looking for real disciples. People who are going to, ooh, somebody's got their, just had, the, I've got that. What is that? The, 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 the ring. Somebody just heard there's a motion at your door. I know that sound from a mile away. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that thing is annoying. Anyway, <laughs> and I forget to turn it off when I'm in public places, too, and it goes off, and everyone's like, what is that? Is that Are those angels? Nope, that's my ring doorbell. Okay. Disappointment quickly leads to doubt to discouragement, and ultimately to hopelessness. The root of disappointment is this. This isn't going the way I expected, and things have happened that I wasn't expecting, or things are happening in a way that's more challenging than I thought it would be. God, I don't like this. <laughs> God, this is not the way I thought it was going to go. And you know what the Lord continues to tell me? I've had these conversations with the Lord. Lord, this is not what I expected. Listen, I, I didn't, I, I'm not saying this as a negative thing at all, but I didn't expect to be a co-pastor, uh, by the way, if you're wondering, of Lifted Church here in Richmond. I'm a pastor in Richmond now. I don't know if you guys knew that. See, I, I did not expect to be in that, that spot. I didn't. I saw it going a completely different way and would have preferred it. <laughs> but this is the way of the Lord. And the Lord continues to ask me this question, do you trust me with what's in front of you? 
Do you trust me? See, I, I heard a man say this about three or four weeks ago, and it was just, it was for me. It was for my heart. And he said this. He said, I don't have to like what God asks me to do, but I, but I like obeying God. I'm called to like obeying God and trusting God. It doesn't mean I always have to like what he asks me to do. Listen, every, everybody who said, you know, I, I've had many times the Lord work through my desires. And he's, yep, yep, the same thing that you want, I want. That's awesome. Don't you love that when you, like, you actually desire the same thing that he desires for you? And you're like, well, this is awesome. But then there are times when the Lord leads you in a way that you go, Lord, I don't know if I like this. And he, and he says, do you trust me? See, God is, God is more invested and, and concerned about us trusting him than he, than he is our comfort. Amen. <clears throat> so God is looking for a response. Now I want to just encourage you. There's, we're going to end with this. There's something in the air, you guys. I felt it this morning. Pastor Chris kept saying it. There's something going on. But see, where, where we're at right now is we are in the beginning stages of a move of God's Spirit, and the move has already started and the Lord is saying, look for the signs of it, because it's already, you're going to begin to see it. You're going to begin to see it in individual people. I love what, what, what Bill and Benny Johnson said back 20 years ago before the move of God broke out at Bethel. They had a meeting, and <clears throat> Bill Johnson, pastor at Bethel Church in Redding, California, he had a life-changing encounter with God, and he told the Lord, he said, Lord, if you come and move again in our church, I will never change the subject again. Because he had done that before. God moved, and, and they kind of was like, oh, that was a great season of the move of the Spirit. Now let's go this way. And the Lord corrected him on that and said, you know, basically as the pastor, you stopped the move of my Spirit. <laughs> and Bill committed to the Lord, Lord, if you come and move again, I will never change the subject ever again. And, and they, it was like a Friday or a Sunday night, and they were just uh, welcoming the Lord to come and move. And, and they say it like this, one woman in the front of the church was being touched dramatically by the Spirit of God. One woman, one person. And Bill and Benny looked at each other and they said, it's here. He's here. They knew it in that one person. This is the sign of the move of God. And then they realized, now we're just going to steward what he's doing. What he started in one woman is, is not, now you see it. It's not just spread to a whole church, but Bethel has influenced the whole world because they've said yes to stewarding a move of God. But it's going to look different in our day than even the way it looked, has looked with Bethel. It's going to look different. So I want to encourage you, there's something in the air right now, you guys. It's, it's what I remember in the late 90s before the Spirit of God moved at Bethel. There was something in the air. You couldn't quite, like, man, something's stirring. Something's going on. God is on the move, and he's, 
but, but, you know, who, like, nobody's really, like, completely putting language to it yet. Maybe a little bit here and there, but there's something mysterious in the beginning stages of a move of God's Spirit where, where nobody can really totally put language to it yet. We just have this sense something's in the air, something's stirring. God is on the move. He's up to something. And, there, and you know what's happening in that time is God is purposely not fully giving us the language yet for what he's about to do because it's in this time that he's stirring our hunger. He's stirring our hunger. He's saying, who's in? Who's in? A hundred percent. Who's in? So I want to tell you right now, what is going to change the tide in our nation is more believers saying in a fresh new way, Lord, I give myself to you a hundred percent again. Again. How many of you know there, there are just times defining moments where we need to re-surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus, no matter how long we've been walking with Him, and just say, Lord, all of my chips are in on Jesus. I'm all in. I'm yours. Now, that, listen, that doesn't mean that you, you're, you're going to strive to do more. It just, it's, it's a surrendering. It's a, Jesus, I'm all in. My eyes are fixed on you. I'm all in. It's like, it's like what I was just thinking of Pastor Debbie's word of taking that step into him. It's, it's, it's saying, Lord, I'm, yes, I'm stepping into you, but I'm stepping into you with this all-in mentality. I'm all in. Let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> Is anybody encouraged? Thank you, Jesus. I want to do... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's here. (laughs) I want to do two things, and then I want to just pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in every single one of us. Just a fresh renewal of the Spirit, a fresh filling. But before we get to that, two things I want to do. Is there any disappointment that's lingering around in your heart from last year and coming into this year? I'm not asking you to dig. I'm not asking you to try it. Listen, most people are usually aware of when they have disappointments that are settling in. What happens with disappointment? Discouragement comes with it. Hopelessness comes with it. There's a grieving that comes with disappointment. And if you've just been in that place of feeling like you've been grieving and disappointed and discouraged and even a little bit hopeless about some things, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you, it's, it's like you're putting your disappointment in your hand and bringing it before the Lord. And just, just, I just want you to give it to him. I want us to just take a moment. We're going we're gonna to listen to the Lord. I want you to just make this minute here just a you and Jesus time. It doesn't matter who's around. But I want you to literally take it like it's in your hand and lift it up to the Lord and say, Lord, I've had some disappointment lingering. 
I've had some discouragement. Some things have happened in my life that I wasn't expecting, and I got disappointed. I got frustrated. And I'm bringing that to you. I'm giving it to you. I invite you to heal that part of my soul. I invite you to heal that part of my soul. And now I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, I've given you this disappointment. Now what are you replacing it with? Because it's the great exchange. The Lord always replaces it with something, but you got to give it to him first. So as you're giving the Lord your disappointment, I want you to ask him, Lord, what are you replacing it with? Let him, let him speak to your heart. releasing hope to people this morning. Fresh hope. Fresh hope. Fresh hope. Don't imagine your future apart from Him. You want to know what? That's the definition of hopelessness. You're imagining the future apart from Him. <laughs> imagine the future with Him. The hope giver. So I just release that to you now. I want us to take a step forward again like Pastor Debbie had us do, but I want you to do this mindfully, mindfully and intentionally of saying to Jesus once again, Lord, I'm all in. You're my one thing. My eyes are fixed on you. I'm all in. And I say yes to all that you are and all that you have for me. I trust you. And I want to just say this, that, that when we say yes to him, there may be things in our lives that have been a distraction, not even necessarily sinful, but things that have taken away our affection and our attention from him that he may say, hey, can you give that up? In your saying yes to me, that thing has robbed us of intimacy and connection. Can you let go of it? But Lord, that's not sinful. Yeah, it's not sinful, but it's become a distraction. It's taken you away. It's robbing your affection away from me. So I want you to just, let's take a step forward together on the count of three and then we're going to sing this song for a minute, okay? And I want you to just take a step forward and just begin to express your heart to the Lord of being all in with Him. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Just begin to express your heart to Him. What does that step forward mean to you? Tell Him. Tell Him. Give Him your love. Give Him your affection. Give Him your attention. loves you more than you know.
You're a part of a, I just heard the Lord say that you're a part of a company of the hundred percenters. <laughs> you're a part of a company of, a, of the hundred percenters. See, God isn't asking much. He's just asking for all of us. It's not, he's not asking us to do these great exploits. But he's just asking for all of us. And I'm telling you, this will turn the tide of our nation. This will turn a nation back to God. What we're doing right now, this will turn a nation back to God. We just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, do it, God. Lord, Indiana, a starter state, a first state where things are started, where things begin, where things are birthed in Indiana. We just say, yes, God, let this, I'm all in, 100% to Jesus, movement, spread like wildfire across our nation, God. Let it spread like wildfire, Jesus. We're believers all over our nation. We just, we get off of social media, God, and we just say, Jesus, we're all in. We give you our yes. Even in our weakness, God, we give you our yes. We give you our 100%. We just say we're yours, God. Let this spread like wildfire and turn a nation back to God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. All right, we had to do business there first. Woo! I was carrying that thing. All right, now I want you to, if they're okay with it, turn to a person next to you and just I want you to take about just a minute or two on each person and just begin to pray for one another for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit just a greater measure of the Spirit of God and power in you and upon you just take a moment pray for one another and pray for that person like you'd want them to pray for you but just say more God Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. We just release just a refreshing in the Spirit, refreshing a mighty outpouring, just a fresh filling, the strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. <laughs> yes, a season of encounters at Gateway. A season of encounters with God. Fresh filling, renewal, overflowing. We just say, yes, God, fill us to overflowing. Fill us to overflowing. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. Make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information, videos, sermons, or events, check out our website at igateway.org. Thank you and have a blessed week.